Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome tonight to the <clears throat> excuse me uh, to the 557th edition of the 40 Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. Tonight is the 2023 U.S. Open Cup qualifying round one preview show as we get ready to talk about those amateur clubs starting their trip down qualifying lane to get to the proper tournament next year in 2023 U.S. Open Cup. But before that, I want to invite this guest on first because he and his brand new tech company, is going to be doing some wonderful things during Open Cup qualification. This is Mr. Pat Murphy from New Logical Tech joining me right now. Pat, good evening, and how are you tonight? I'm doing great. I want to thank you for the introduction. I want to thank you for inviting me onto your show. It's an honor to be here, and it's an honor to cover U.S. Open Cup. Absolutely. You know, before we even get into what's going on here, um, I know that during Open Cup qualification, there's always going to be those games where either you barely get a link for a stream or there's no stream at all and you just have to rely on results from U.S. Soccer's website. And with your company being around, how did you get started with your technological company and how did you find yourself getting involved with the game here in the United States? So... New Logical as a company um, actually has a several-year history, and it, it really has its roots in um, tech and digital media. When I was um, in college, I was always a bit of a freelance web designer and, uh, and, and everyone's go-to guy for IT. So, um, you know, a couple years out of college, I made that an official business. That was my main roots. And then at some point, I, had, I, 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 I ran a radio station in college, so I always had an interest in broadcasting as a hobby. And I just toyed around with the with live streaming. Um, the pandemic had hit. I lost a lot of clientele who had to shut down during the pandemic. And I found my my replacement was uh, was was reaching out to sports teams for for live streaming. I I came across Lansdowne Yonkers Football Club at a charity event. Um, after going back and forth in a conversation, they invited me to stream some of their games, and the rest was history. Um, they they went on to win nine trophies in a single season. Um, I got to cover pretty much all those matches with the exception of maybe one or two. And it really got my name out there that I got the, uh, the, the invite from other clubs to cover their matches, including Manhattan Celtic, New York Greek Americans, Duxa, Leros, uh, uh, Westchester Flames, just a slew of, of, of amateur clubs that really brought me into this universe that I've only read about on Wikipedia, but I've grown such a deep appreciation for. And to have the opportunity to, cover two of these clubs who are going into open cup qualifying just felt like the dream come true. I got to tell you, I mean, that is such a very, very interesting road that you took uh, to get to this level, especially coming into the U.S. Open Cup. In your mind, and of course, as we were talking off air, uh, you are a New York Red Bull supporter, and you already know I do cover the New York Red Bulls for a different amount of publications online. Um, with their run this year, I know, once again, 
just a tad short of making it to the final. But when you watch the Red Bulls, not just in league play, because we all know you want them to make the playoffs, you want them to win a support, another Supporters' Shield, make that trip and that trek into the playoffs to get to the MLS Cup Championship Final. But in your mind, what was that road trip, or at least that trip going through Open Cup matches, Sadly, losing in the semifinals to Orlando, but the the trip in the Open Cup, what does that mean to you as a supporter? So, my first experience with the Open Cup um, goes before I can even remember. I attended uh, one few matches that the Metro Stars actually played in the state of New York, which was at, it was at Baker Field at Columbia University. They were in the semifinal back in 97 against FC Dallas, and that was like one of my earliest doses of Open Cup soccer. I don't really remember it much, but my dad tells me about it all the time. And uh, But my first real memory of it was when they went to the 2003 Open Cup. So uh, it, it was always something that has uh, crossed my mind that I, I actually prioritize winning the Open Cup just as much, if not more, than MLS Cup itself because I know that the U.S. Open Cup has so much history. And, and it's just that when, when you take the time when the season's not around to look these things up and see the deep history that it has, it's, it's amazing to think that the U.S. Open Cup is actually – one of the oldest tournaments, if not the oldest domestic cup tournament outside of the United Kingdom. So it just means a lot to me to see any team that I support, whether it's the Red Bulls or Lansdowne, uh, to, to, to win that competition because it's just so deep in history and it's the true American soccer if, you're, you, know, if you want to call yourself a fan of club American soccer. No, absolutely. And, you know, all those clubs have won it so many times, especially in the New York area, the Pan-Cyprian Freedoms, of course, uh, the Greek Americans, Hakoa All-Stars, I mean, you know, Brooklyn Italians. I mean, how many clubs in the New York City, New Jersey area that have had their names etched on, at the time, the Dewar Trophy, um, which is, of course, not used anymore. And now, of course, it's Lamar Hunt's uh, Open Cup, of course, uh, dedicated to Lamar Hunt, who has done so much for American soccer and moving forward. So going into your company now and moving from what you were doing originally, now streaming all these amateur clubs in the New York area, in the five boroughs, maybe if you ever get a chance to get inside New Jersey, were I've you done, when done, now I've, that I've your done, company I, is going to uh-huh sorry i know i said i've done games in new jersey nope, i've done that's... games in pennsylvania i've done i've done games in illinois i've done games in michigan it's uh yeah no i've I, i've already mm-hmm. expanded out in those areas i mean of course it's like the one-offs but but yeah to uh to get any of those regular regularly makes it a much more magical experience than it is now <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, why not? I mean, you're you're thriving in your business, and that's wonderful. But now you're getting your first opportunity to have your business streaming live U.S. Open Cup qualifying matches. How big for you is that? And just how excited are you that finally you're going to have everything set up, ready to go for – Lansdowne Yonkers and other clubs, like you said, Greek American, the New York Greek Americans, you're going to have to do their uh, games now for this opening round this coming weekend. It's, it's, it's almost here. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I didn't, I, I mean, I've always thought about it. I've, I've created the links and I've been hyping them up. It didn't really hit me how, how big of a deal it is until actually this conversation right now. Like it's really, it's, it's, I'm starting to feel the, uh, the, the pressure a bit, but you know, one of the things that's great is, um, 
with with doing so many matches, you get used to the process and setting up and troubleshooting that I, I actually feel if this was a year ago, I'd been a lot more nervous about doing this. But this year, I really feel ready. Uh, I really do think that I brought up the standard and quality of the material uh, to a level that would, I think, be treated – it would be treated as – as much as if you watched, uh, say, the Red Bulls in these early rounds, um, I, I think my, you know, the I would watch some of those Red Bulls preseason games and see the quality of those streams. I actually think that what I have right now on the field is better than some of those games. So I'm really excited to do it. And I know you are. I can hear it in your voice. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be exciting. Um, obviously, you are based in the New York City, or at least n- near New York City. Where in New York are you originally? Are you based in right now? Yonkers, New York. So right, right next door Yonkers, to, to Lansdowne. Yep. If I really wanted to, I could probably walk to the field, but of course, I got to lug a lot of equipment. So it's a it's a bit of like a five minute <laughs> drive. And <laughs> Well, you know, um, McLean yeah, no, Avenue, that's a bit stretchy. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, yep. No, it's absolutely fantastic there, Pat. And I, I, I got to say, you know, I'm very happy for you that you're getting an opportunity to showcase not only your business, but to give the platform to these clubs that are going to go and fight for a spot in the Open Cup. Of course, the last time Lansdowne didn't really have to fight for that spot. They won it in the U.S. Adult Soccer Association Championship, and they were able to go and do that as the USASA uh, national champions. And now, of course, this year, Milwaukee Bavarians United, they're the ones that have uh, that top spot and have automatically qualified for the Open Cup. So this is going to be a lot exciting. So for those of us that are not tech-savvy, and I admit I'm not tech-savvy, so what you're going to be doing is helping me learn a little bit more. What goes into the equipment and you know what you need to do to stream these games, besides uh, besides a computer, besides code. What other situ- what other means or hardware do you need to make sure that you have a smooth signal to broadcast these games through your streaming service? Well, there's two really major aspects to it. Um, I mean, truthfully, everything is equally as important, but the most important asset to um, making these streams look good is a combination of the of the camera. Obviously, you want the camera to have a pretty good zoom. You want it to, and it's not cheap, of course. But I would say the second the second most uh, important aspect. Actually, I, I would say it's even more important than the camera because you can actually have certain kinds of cameras, but without this other other asset would be mean nothing. It is definitely the the uh, and and you'll be you'll laugh when you hear about this. But the, the GPU on a computer, it actually makes a lot of sense to have um, a gaming rig because the same type of rendering that goes into like a – and I don't really play a lot of video games, to be honest with you. So when people see the laptops, they think I'm some big-time gamer. I'm really not. But the rendering that goes into those types of computers really are what make the imagery of a video look so good. And I think that's why a lot of people out there um, that, that cover, like say, like you know MLS preseason games – don't have that quality because the, the computers aren't rendering the image the same way. But yeah, like having a gaming device is, is it, 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 I, who knew that that would have the same type of uh, effect on, on video quality, but I would say it's that. No, it's absolutely wonderful. And so out of curiosity, do you have help with the cameras or is everything all you like, you know, you have like a, a equipment in front of you to maneuver the cameras yourself. So you can zoom in, zoom out, 
pan left, pan right, you know, just to so, get the action in? Is it all just you? So for the most part, yes. Um, occasionally do have interns that come along to events and when I can't make an event, I'll send somebody in my place that I've trained and they'll work for me. Um, but yeah, when it's a, when it's a game on, on my own, it's, it's, it's really just me. I made sure that my laptop and setup and the, and there's some device, like, you know, the camera's up on a big pole, but there's a, there's a little bit of a station on the ground level with a screen and, and all the handlebars and things like that, that allow me to operate everything from, you know, from a, from a level ground point of view. Um, it's all in one place and mm-hmm. it definitely takes at least like, it takes at least an hour before the event to have it set up and to double check everything. Um, but it's, it's really cool. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, there'll be that time where if the goal is scored, I have to make a quick second to go back to the laptop to update the score and make sure that the, the stream is constantly in the green. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very engaging and attention uh, heavy uh, task <laughs> from, from, you know, the first minute to, to the uh, final whistle. All right, so finally, once again, just to remind all of our listeners, uh, which are the matches you'll be doing this weekend? So on Saturday night at 8 p.m., Lansdowne Yonkers FC, uh, they'll be hosting the Manhattan Kickers of the Cosmopolitan League. Um, And on Sunday, actually, this is a really hot matchup for those who are fans of the amateur soccer game. It's the 2014 Champions of I don't know, sorry, National Amateur Champions, New York Greek Americans, who also coincidentally are the most successful active team in the U.S. Open Cup history, alongside Sporting Kansas City, um, Chicago Fire, and, uh, and and I think Seattle Sounders, um, playing mm-hmm. off the 2019 National National Amateur Champion Newtown Pride. Now, the reason why I said that's a that's a highly anticipated matchup, um, I happen to have covered this match as well. Just last year in the Amateur Cup, the Greek Americans upset Lansdowne in the state final, who had a 486-day unbeaten streak, and went to the next round against Newtown. They had trailed up until the 86th minute, until they came back and were leading in the 86th minute, only for Newtown to rally back to score two goals in stoppage time. So that really left a, a, a... uh, a bad taste in, in the New York Greek Americans' mouths when they left. Mm-hmm. So they're going to really want to beat Newtown on their return. And then Newtown, on the other hand, are going to want mm-hmm. to to absorb that pressure going into the Greek Americans' home ground at Hofstra. So uh, it's definitely going to be a really hot match. That's for sure. It really actually, will be. Newtown, no, it definitely will be. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and if the 2021 uh, U.S. Open Cup had taken place, the Red Bulls yep. would have most likely played against Newtown. So Newtown actually were robbed of the opportunity to go into the Amateur Cup in the first place because of the COVID pandemic. So there's a no, lot of stakes for both course, teams yeah. to want to really move into the tournament proper. So I, I definitely say both matches are, are very important, but that second one is going to have personal mm-hmm. feelings from last year. <laughs> No, absolutely. Listen, Pat, thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Good luck with the streams over the weekend, and I'm rooting for you to be successful here. Thank you once again. Thank you so much for, for, for inviting me on. No problem at all. That's Pat Murphy from New Logical Tech joining us here as his company will be streaming those two hot Open Cup qualifiers. Now we're going to move on to these amateur sides, and now we're going to head on over to the state of Pennsylvania along the eastern side of Pennsylvania. Joining me right now is the head coach of Kensington SC, 
Head coach Jim Breslin joins me right now. Jim, good evening, and how are you, sir? Very good, very good. That's like you got me following Pat Murphy. It's like it's like uh, following up on Led Zeppelin or something. <laughs> well, you know, it's going to be uh, very uh, wonderful to watch these games on his uh, streaming service, and hopefully uh, maybe you can give him some business to help him out there and help yourselves as well. So we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. But, you know, this is a happy time for Kensington SC, obviously. Uh, your side is going into, uh, fr- from my belief, uh, maybe first time in a long time, maybe first time ever, qualification into the U.S. Open Cup. And what does that mean to you, your staff, and the entire club to get an opportunity to start the qualification process for this tournament? Yeah, I think you, uh, you say your name, Daniel, right? Daniel? Yes. Your name? Yeah, Daniel. Daniel. I, think, Daniel, I think you hit the nail on the head, Daniel. It's, it's opportunity. The key word is opportunity. Um, one of the one of the purposes of Kenton Soccer Club at its inception was to provide community advancement opportunity for the Kensington community and the greater Kensington community. And this is just another vehicle. The Open Cup is, you know, almost the ultimate vehicle in, in the United States for opportunity for players to showcase themselves and, and be seen on a stage where they could eventually, you know, some, some of these amateur teams are going to go on this year just like they did this year, and they're going to play professional teams, and get, which means you get seen by them, by their staff and everything. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's going to be a fun time. So this Kensington is, is – now I want to make sure I get this correctly here. Is this a town near Philadelphia, or is this one of the neighborhoods in Philadelphia that you get your players from? The latter. It's a, it's a neighborhood – in, in Philadelphia, it's, it's very uh, centrally located um, in Philadelphia, very very close to downtown. Mm-hmm. Okay, so very close to downtown Philadelphia. That's wonderful to hear. And and how many kids have you brought over uh, to Kensington SC? And how big of a talent is the neighborhood of Kensington for this club to develop and bring along? Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of talent in 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 the city of Philadelphia and the Kensington area. Like I said, we're right in the middle of the city, so a lot of players come from other parts of the city to play for Kensington. Um, if you've heard of like um, Lighthouse from from back in the day, mm-hmm. the Lighthouse Boys Club, you know, at, at their peak they had like five thousand boys uh, as members in in Kensington. It's it's um, just a a lot of row houses, so it's a very densely populated area. Um, so there's just so much talent here. That was like multiple Olympians that came from in soccer that came from the Kensington area, um, and and they're they're all still there. It's just it's just unearthing them and giving them, giving them opportunity to show what they can do. So we're very and will we're very we know some of these. That. No, that's okay. great. And I apologize if I yeah. if I uh, interrupted. I'm sorry about that. Okay. But I was just wondering, just just out of curiosity, to know would we know any famous uh, current players or uh, former players that played in professional soccer, whether it be in MLS or USL? Are there certain have the Philadelphia Union scouted your players to join their side? So I don't know. I I don't know of anybody in particular that. I think there was one player that played for Kensington that 
is in one of the academies out west. He ended up moving. He played for the club. I, the, the name eludes me right now. Um, there are players from the neighborhood that help fish. If you've heard of Fishtown in Philadelphia, so there's two union players right now that are on the roster that are from Fishtown, which Fishtown's kind of like in Kensington. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it's the same. It's it's kind of contained within the Kensington neighborhood. Um, when people want to sell their house, they'll call it. They'll say it's in Fishtown. <laughs> But it's it's <laughs> in, the, in the Kensington area. Um, so two of the players on the union right now, they did not play for Kensington Soccer Club um, growing up. Mm-hmm. They played for Fishtown, which is like right. I actually live in Fishtown. Um, so there's that. There's an example right there of how much talent is in this neighborhood, and a lot of the players currently that are at they're they're, they're actually playing in the suburbs, but they live in this neighborhood. So a lot of the younger players that play on like some of the bigger youth clubs, they actually like travel outside the city to play for some of the better youth clubs in the, in the area. But, mm-hmm. you know, we want to change mm-hmm. that. And we, we think they shouldn't have to go anywhere. They should be able to, you know, walk the practice just like I did when I was a kid. Absolutely. You are correct about that. That's what has to happen. Since you live in Fishtown, maybe you can sneak a couple of those players over to Kensington and you can give them a couple of, you know, big starts over there if you could, if it's possible. I think that's what you should do since you live over there now. But, I mean, why not? Uh, so, so the league that your club plays in, how difficult of a league is it? And is this the same league that is Westchester United involved with or no? Um. So we're talking about Westchester. The one there's a there's a league called the USLPA. Um, that's not the league mm-hmm. we're in. That's that's the league of, of our opponent. It's a very uh, historic mm-hmm. league. It's been around since the since the 50s. Um, my brother played mm-hmm. in that league when he was young. He played like Division One college in the 90s when there was no pro league. So a lot of good players played in the USLPA where where Westchester is and the United German Hungarians. Um, it's a very very good league. Um, we're we're in the Eastern Premier Soccer League, which um, uh-huh. is you just talked to Pat Murphy, so that's the league that the Lansdowne Yonkers are in, but they're in the New York Conference yep. of that, um, and we're in the mm-hmm. Delaware River Conference, which is based in in the Philadelphia area, and uh, like the Cosmopolitan okay. League in New York, he promotes and relegates with the EPSL, and. Um, and in Maryland, the Maryland Majors promotes and relegates with the EPSL. The Garden State Soccer League in New Jersey promotes and relegates with the EPSL. And now uh, Casa Soccer League in Philadelphia has been around for a long time. It has like seven men's divisions. That now has a promotion relegation agreement with the EPSL. So the EPSL is kind of like the, the level above the state leagues. Um, uh, but, the, you know, we have very high-quality state leagues around here. So the competition is very difficult. We actually lost last night to a team that just entered the league, and they were very, very formidable. And we have we have a very good team, and and they beat us fair and square. Um, so it's very, very competitive league on it. All the scores last night. I don't know if you talked to Patrick about this. In our league, were very close games, very low scoring and close, which is the way I believe soccer is supposed to be played. I don't like five to three games. <laughs> No, I mean, listen, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you know, you, you don't want blowouts every single game, of course. You know how everyone that's not a soccer fan is complaining, like, not enough scoring. But no, but that's what it is. This is the challenge. 
This is the challenge in how you want to build your young players to go into these matches thinking, listen, yeah, you want to score goals to win matches, but you got to play defense to make sure the, uh, the opposition doesn't score more than at least a goal or more a match against you. And you've got to go out there and you've got to perform at your best. And it looks like you're doing a great job, not just bringing in some talented players uh, for your side, but to go forward and say, listen, look, this is one of the toughest leagues in the uh, you know in our region right now because at the moment you know we got some great competition against you know fellow Pennsylvania sides your neighbors in Delaware uh, you know your neighbor your your neighbors over in New Jersey I mean this is Southern New Jersey I mean this is probably one of the, the toughest and the, the best leagues in American soccer on the amateur level. Yeah, the New York Conference of the EPSL you know for me I would I would I would easily um, for me that's the best amateur division in, in the country. And, um, you know, that, that's where we want to get the Philadelphia one up, up to that level. You know, we'll, we'll hopefully one of our teams will play them at, in the spring at the, in June in a playoff. And uh, we, hope to, we hope to let them know we're here and, and, and make Philadelphia. That's one of our goals is to make Philadelphia's uh, area known as one of the hotbeds, which we believe it is already. We just have to kind of gather all the players together into one spot and have them compete under pressure of relegation. I think, I think that soccer is meant to be played under pressure. It's meant to be played with, with, with something on the line where you could get your, you could get your whole team could get relegated, your whole club could get relegated, and it makes players – it makes the games more intense. That's what we have with our EPSL league that we play, and it's very intense. Everybody knows that, you know, they have to get their team good or you could be relegated um, to the division below. And um, so it's just everything's just nail-biting games all the time. You're afraid to even make substitutions um, because, you know, you just don't even want the level to drop. So it's very intense all the time. I'm very nervous at the games. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, and uh, hopefully we'll get to that level sometime soon here in the professional levels here in American soccer, but until then, we're just going to have to be uh, patient about that. So now it's time to talk about your opponent. As you said, you're going to take on the United German Hungarians, a well-known club uh, that has been around for a very, very long time in uh, American soccer, especially in the Pennsylvania, eastern Pennsylvania area, as you've noticed and have said what is it about them that you need to be aware of? And what do you think your side needs to do to knock them out to move on to the next round? Well, first, I, I would, you know, for me, when I think United German Hungarians as someone who's like a native Philadelphia, and I think soccer history and, and national soccer history, they're, they're, the president of U.S. soccer was, came from that club, uh, uh, Werner Fricker Sr., uh, he, he, was, he was president when we brought the first World Cup here. He was president of U.S. soccer, running it right out of our area. Um, it's just oozing soccer history. The complex that they played at is just, uh, you know, everybody growing up in my era, we all, we all played games there. A lot of good players came through that complex out, out, right out, just outside of Philadelphia. Um, it has a culture to it. They have like social events. I mean, it's just everything you would want a club to be. Um, so, that, you know, that's off the field. And then on the field, they're going to be extremely difficult opponents. We played them last year in the, in the, um, in, in the uh, cups. Uh, we don't play them. We're not in the same league as them. 
So we played them in, in the cups. We were matched up against them, them and they beat us handily. Um, so we're, we're hoping, we're looking at this as kind of like a test on where we're at. Um, and we're just looking forward to just, we want to be competitive. We want to be competitive with them is, is our goal and just see where we're at. When the dust settles, we'll, we'll examine the tape and, and see where we were. But, we're, you know, we're going to go into it, try to try as hard as we can, but we're, we're not naive to the fact that it's a very difficult task and a very difficult opponent. No, absolutely. Absolutely, and I don't blame you for thinking that at all. Just real quick, though, who, what's the one, who's the one player we have to watch out for uh, when you play these matches, whether it be within your own league or during qualification for the Open Cup? Who's the top player we should be looking out for? Um, so you're talking about my, my team, uh, again, so I don't know mm-hmm. the current For your team. United German Hungarian players, um, cause they're not in our league, but I'm not really familiar with all their players. Um, so with our team, you know, this is going to be our second match of the season. So, ah. uh, you know, at this point, you know, I'm just really nervous <laughs> about, you know, <laughs> making sure that we're yeah it's not I I you know for me uh, we're just trying to get ready as quickly as possible to so everybody needs to be a key player for us and and that goes all the way down mm-hmm. you know there's a twenty the Open Cup rosters are twenty five player rosters and it's frozen it's been frozen for weeks so if anybody gets injured that doesn't matter right if anybody something comes right. up so we're already down a few players. So we, we've just told everybody, you know, be ready. The way these matches go, they're so intense that we could we could burn through every single player on uh, that that we put on the game day roster. So everybody needs to be ready to play in the Open Cup this Sunday. Jim Breslin, head coach of Kensington SC, getting ready for the United German Hungarians. Jim, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank Good you luck so much. over the weekend. You're so welcome, Great and uh, hope job. you guys are victorious. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's Jim Breslin, once again, the head coach of Kensington SC. Now joining me tonight, coming from Garfield, New Jersey, is the head coach of Sports Club Vistula Garfield. Mr. Christian Kartz is joining me right now here on the show. Christian, good evening. How are you? And welcome. Hey, good evening. How are you doing? Um, Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. What an honor. And I'm very glad you're able to uh, take the invitation. If I can go ahead now, obviously, Garfield is in Bergen County, New Jersey. I used to live in Bergen County from Teaneck and uh, had some time in Fairlawn. So Fairlawn's not too far away from Garfield. Um, how happy were you to find out that you're going to qualify or make the attempt to qualify for the Open Cup? And what does that mean to the entire town and for the club making this opportunity happen? Um, yeah, I mean, it means a lot to um, to our players. Everybody's super excited. Um, and, you know, our club, you you mentioned you lived pretty close to uh, Garfield. So you may have even heard of, uh, you know, Vistula Garfield. Um, I think the whole area kind of knows about our club, uh, especially, you know, we, ha- we are huge uh, Polish um kind of influence our club, oldest Polish club in, in, in the country. Um, so, you know, the whole community is kind of excited and, um, yeah, hopefully have a great match. I hope so too. I, I got to say, 
um, I mean, I am aware of the club. I mean, I haven't really looked too much into it, obviously. But, you know, when you look for these moments for these clubs to make this attempt to qualify for the Open Cup, you must have seen plenty of Open Cup matches through the computer, YouTube streams, these past moments with ESPN Plus streaming the Open Cup these last couple of years, unfortunately with the pandemic knocking it out the last two years uh, and not playing them. But still, though, uh, what, what is the dream for the people who run the club in Garfield to, you know, wanting to make their stamp to show that they are one of the top clubs, not just within the county of Bergen, but in the state of New Jersey to make this big push? Yeah, the, the, the club um, overall has been really trying to grow and improve on every single level uh, the past couple of years. Um, our club, um, we have 25, 30 youth teams. We have two senior teams. And it seems like every year um, through the work of, you know, the people that work at the club is just getting better and better and better at every level. Um, in terms of the senior team, we've sort of been building up the past few years, couple years, um, to kind of get to this level. And I feel like we are uh, finally at a point where we can really we're really compete. Um, what are we hoping from this? I mean, we're hoping to uh, stay in the tournament as long as possible and, you know, enjoy, enjoy every game. Um, <laughs> It's what we're kind of hoping, and um, yeah, we're all excited. Oh, it's wonderful to hear, and I can really tell that this is going to be a very, very big time match uh, for this club moving forward. Um, how old is the club right now? Uh, when did it get started, and uh, how how important has it been to the area of Garfield ever since it got started? Hmm. Okay. Um, so our club was started in 1952. Um, you do the math quickly. That's uh, th th so this year is our 70 year anniversary. Um, so we've been around for, for a while. Um, it was started by Polish immigrants came over, um, from Poland. They had a meeting in one of the Polish clubs in the, in the area. And, um, you know, they, they decided over a couple of drinks probably to, to start a club. Um, so that was about 70 years ago, and, you know, through that 70 years, we've had a, a senior team. Um, eventually, the, the youth team started to grow. Uh, I think currently we are the oldest oldest um, Polish club in the country. Um, so, you know, heavy roots in, 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 um, in Poland and in the Polish community here. And, yeah, um, I mean, over the years, myself, I've played on this club for 20-plus years. Um, sort of on the older, older side of the age there. But over these 20 plus years, um, we've had I mean, every year a few guys coming from from Poland, playing uh, playing with us that used to play professionally, and now they came over to to work and to play in this area. Um, and you know, all the Polish Polish-born guys from this country also in the area. We kind of get that talent, and sort of that is our that is our club. And that's wonderful to hear that you were part of this club as a player and now you're still a part of the club as a coach. I mean, how much pride do you have to represent this club at the level, not just, 
you know, as a player from the past, but, you know, now coaching the future players of this club and now having this opportunity for the Open Cup qualification rounds. Yeah, um, I'll correct you there because I'm a player slash coach. Uh, ah. So still have some still have some miles left left in my legs, but um, but yeah, definitely excited. Uh, you know, I, I've I've seen the history uh, over these past twenty plus years, and um, you know, I definitely feel like I'm a part of something special. And uh, yeah, it would be super exciting. Um, I mean, for all the for all the community to get a, to get a win and go in, in this tournament as long as possible. But um, you know, we're playing a really tough team against the Pan Cyprians. Um, I myself have played in many, many games against them. Uh, you know, I don't know their, all their history details, but they've been around for a really long time and also, um, you know, they have a great uh, reputation for being a real quality team every single year. So uh, definitely going to be a tough, tough game. Uh- Absolutely. Two-time Open Cup champions themselves, and definitely uh, they're going to be a very, very uh, tough nut to crack if you're gonna, when you're going to face them over the weekend. Uh, what league does Vistula Garfield play in, and uh, how difficult is that league every single weekend? Uh, our league is uh, – we play in the Garden State Soccer League. Um, in New Jersey, it's, a, it's like the top mm-hmm. league focused mainly, I guess, in New Jersey. Um, how difficult? Well, we play uh, we play top teams in our league. Um, one that you you know you know U.S. Open Cup fans may know is um, Motown. Uh, and last year, mm-hmm. Motown made a really nice really nice run. I think what third round maybe um, they eventually mm-hmm. came out on a. On a, on a dramatic PK loss, but but yeah, we play teams. Um, we play teams like Motown, um, you know, in our league. So that's always a great match, a great team to play against. Obviously, top talent there. Um, last year, yeah, in, I mean, like I was saying, you know, we kind of been growing and growing the past couple of years. Last year, we were able to make um, a, a nice run ourselves, not in the not in the U.S. Open Cup. But in the U.S. Amateur Cup, um, we actually ended up ended up uh, knocking Motown out of the New Jersey um, final, and we moved on to the Region One uh, semifinal. We eventually got to, and we were knocked out of the Region One semifinal. So that was that was you know super exciting to to play in some of those games against teams from different leagues, different states. So that that was great, and we're hoping to do the same thing in the U.S. Open Cup. And that's going to be very, very exciting. Um, if I can ask you this, um, what type of uh, tactics do you use for your club? Is it a pressing club? Do you sit back and go on the counter? Uh, do you attack in a diamond formation? What is the bread and butter of Vistula Garfield when you are facing your opponents? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I guess it depends on you know, our opposition, um, I would say uh, we do like to press teams. We do like to put pressure on teams. But with uh, with a team, the quality of the Pantiprians and um, a Motown or, or the tougher teams in the area, the tougher competitions, uh, probably not as easy for us to do that. Um, you know, our our – Fitness levels and uh, game ready, game ready sharpness is, you know, probably not at the top of the, some of these teams. 
But, um, yeah, I would say our strength currently is our organization and, and defense, uh, to be honest. And, you know, that helped us that helps us get through tough games in our league. That helps us have that nice run in the amateur cup I was talking about last year. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that would be our strength. Yeah. No, that's great to hear. And uh, obviously it's going to be uh, a very fun time once again over the weekend. It's going to be exciting to see what Vistula is going to do here against uh, New York Pancipian Freedoms. Um, and if I can also ask this, um, who has been the top player for Vistula Garfield? And, you know, could be a goalkeeper, defender, the midfielder, striker, attacking mid, creative mid. Who is your top player or players on this club right now? Top players? Um, well, I would say, uh, like I mentioned, I mean, our, our defense is very strong. Um, our sort of Team captain, team manager, um, one of our central defenders, I would say, is a top rather, uh, top player. Um, and on the other side of the pitch, the same guy's brother, uh, also playing a forward. I would say he's he's one of the dangerous attacking weapons we have. Um, the you know Chris and Paul, uh, two brothers on opposite ends of the pitch. Um, we have a great goalkeeper, uh, top top goalkeeper, and uh, I mean. We have also some nice crafty midfielders, but, um, you know, there's, there's so many of their names. <laughs> be honest. <laughs> well, gee, Chris, thanks a lot. No, I'm just kidding around. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, but, I mean, it, it really sounds like, you know, your your players are really uh, in tune with what the game plan is and uh, and what they need to do to make those big uh, to make those big moves happen, those big plays happen when you're going to be out there over the weekend to uh, take on a, a very, very difficult side. And, and if I can ask you this, you know, as you said already, you're taking on a, a, def- a two-time U.S. Open Cup champion already in the Pancyprian Freedoms from New York. Does Vistula need to do to defeat them, or at least have a shot at beating them to advance into the next round? What What is the big game plan here that you got to go uh, to go up against those those guys over in New York and Queens? Uh, well, we have to. Uh, yeah, tough. Uh, it's going to be tough. We have to definitely, you know, stay stay organized, play as a team, kind of limit limit their dangerous uh, players. You know, I have a couple of players on my team that played against them over the weekend, uh, watched their game, kind of scouted them a little bit this morning. Um, they got some dangerous players in the attack and a solid kind of uh, midfield defensive unit as well. So uh, I would say we, we need to, you know, try our best, have some sort of defensive organization, neutralize those, those attacking threats they have. Um, you know, we know we 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 can uh, possess and we can create some chances. And when we do get those chances, um, you know, we got to be clinical. We got to put them away. Because who knows how many we're going to get? But uh, yeah, I would say those are the top two things we're we're trying to do. No, absolutely. And uh, this is going to be a big dog fight, obviously, because once. Once 90 minutes are done, or you're going to get extra 30, or you might even go into a penalty kick shootout, it's going to be the second round in that next month, and that's going to be an even tougher hurdle for your guys to move forward, and we'll see who you're going to face off against. But obviously, worry about who's going to be in front of you, 
and uh, who's not going to be the next opponent. So this is going to be a big weekend for SC Vistula Garfield. And uh, I'll be personally rooting for you guys to move on to the next round, and hopefully you will do so uh, against New York Pan-Cyprian Freedoms. But, Christopher, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. Good luck uh, on the weekend. Good luck to SC Vistula Garfield, and hopefully you'll advance to the next round. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. It was, it was a lot of fun, and, yeah, we're going to try our best. Uh, we're going to give them a good fight. So. All right. All right. Thank you very much and have a good night. Thank you. Christopher Cars from Good night. Christopher Cars from Sport Club Vistula Garfield as they're gonna get ready to take on the New York Pan Cyprian Freedoms. Once again a two time open cup champion themselves that they've earned. They have the right to be called champions for what they have done uh in this tournament, just like some of the past amateur clubs in the New York City, New, northern New Jersey area that have done so many wonderful things uh, moving forward. And uh, we're going to get ready for this one tonight, and it should be a lot of fun. Now waiting for my next guest tonight, uh, the represents the Agen Hawks out of Maryland, and we're waiting for Mr. David Rosenbaum to come on in to talk to us. Uh, to uh, talk about the Agen Hawks that are familiar with that name. Agen Hawks is one of those clubs that have been consistently qualifying for the U.S. Open Cup. They have come into the Open Cup many, many, many times, moving on, moving forward, and hopefully um, they'll get that opportunity once again uh, going into uh, Open Cup qualification, and uh, it should be a lot of fun uh, from uh, the Agen Hawks because, once again, they are a big club um, that I can remember when starting to follow the U.S. Open Cup that uh, they are the top side in the eastern side in region one of the u.s adult soccer association to you know have a club like that coming on and we are waiting for david rosenbaum to come on and uh, to talk to us and uh get ready to uh, uh describe how their club has been you know a part of the uh, Open Cup qualification cycle. Uh, this should be very, very interesting, and it should be a lot of fun. I personally uh, really, really am excited to uh, have people come on you know, the show to talk about their qualifications uh, into the Open Cup. And I know last year was really, really difficult. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you need to know that when you are in a real dogfight in Open Cup qualification, that when you're taking on the Agen Hawks, you know, you're in for a big, big fight. And uh, when you are taking on, you know, one of these teams uh, – you know, you can say to me, my, my my own personal opinions, my own personal beliefs that 
when that to me it's like a legacy club to me it's a legacy club because the Egan Hawks have done a lot of good for soccer I know I believe that they have in the Maryland area and last year obviously they just had some issues roster issues last uh, this past Open Cup qualification round and uh, hopefully that won't be the case uh, this time coming around because we really, really believe, I always believe, you know, the Agen Hawks are the top side in amateur qualifying for activity. And it is just absolutely a lot of fun to have this club coming in and, you know, just being a part of the fabric of the open cup, you know, they've had their moments many, many years ago, getting into the deep, you know, into the rounds, starting off in the opening round, advancing to the third round. till they get to the MLS level, sometimes even getting into the USL level of open cup, whenever those clubs enter the tournament and, you know, they've had their giant killings in the past, or they've been uh, unfortunately beaten uh, back at that time. So, you know, this is where you have to hope and pray that they're going to get themselves into another big round, another big round of qualification moving forward. And it, it it's just wonderful to know that when you've got a club like the Agen Hawks coming in and being a part of qualification, you know you're going to be in for a fight. And, they're, and the opponent that, um, that they have to worry about uh, moving forward is they're going to take on Germantown City. They'll be on the road for it. And uh, and uh, hopefully we'll have them ready to go, and they'll be ready to move on and uh, ready to go. So uh, this is going to be a um, a big moment here. This is going to be a huge moment for them to come back and hopefully – Take, you know, take this big run that I know that they will. And once again, you know, for me, when you look at some of these amateur clubs that make a name for themselves in qualifying and also make a name for themselves going into the Open Cup proper tournament, you know you have yourself um, a big moment here, a big time coming. This is going to be a huge thing for them. When you know, you know that you're going to be in a big dogfight. And as you know, my last two guests were on talking about being in uh, and uh, hopefully we'll see what's going on. And uh, Moving on forward with this and to see what's going to happen. So it's just it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen here. 
moving forward. And uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what will happen moving on here. And uh, it's really going to be fun to see the Eggenhawks go and battle um, in these Open Cup qualifications. Um, so once again, it, it's going to be fun to see this. And as I said before, you know, to me, I, I respect Eggenhawks as a, in my mind, a legacy side. When it comes to the Open Cup tournament, through qualification, and even through tournament proper. And as I said, you know, last year when I saw them being a part of the qualification rounds. And uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen here with the Egan Hawks. And so it's going to be a fun time here. It's going to be a lot of fun for qualification. It's going to be a fun time to see what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I cannot wait. And uh, it's going to be fantastic to see what's going to happen here. So, you know, moving on. So we're going to have a lot of fun here, and uh, I cannot wait. And we are going to get somebody from Megan Hawks to talk to us about uh, the club very shortly. And uh, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a fun time even though we're going to probably be short on time here, but we're trying to get as much as, uh, as possible. Uh, we're going to get somebody from Megan Hawks to join us in just a, a second or two here. And uh, it's going to be a, a big time, big, big time uh, for them to be back in qualification once again. And as I said already, uh, this is a, a huge moment to have a club like Egan Hawks being involved uh, with the, you know, being involved in the Open Cup. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, cannot wait to uh, see them perform moving forward. And it's going to be exciting and interesting. Joining me right now from Megan Hawks, and unfortunately we're not going to have too much time, but here we go. Um, we have Mr. Tim Finkla uh, joining in. I hope I got your last name correct. You did, you did. Actually, people always manage to put, you know, the Finkley A or Finkley A or whatever, but, you know, it's, it's, you, you did well as well. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you very much. Uh, but as I've said already, to me, Egan Hawks and Open Cup qualification, you, to me, you're a legacy club. Uh, you know, you've always, this club's always been involved in Open Cup qualification and into the Open Cup proper every single time until, of course, we know what happened last year. But how important is it to be a part of the Open Cup? You know, it's, it's huge for us. And, you know, the, you know, our team has come a really long way from when we won a national championship in 2009 to when we had a run, you know, early in the 2000, 2010-ish area. Um, you know, the pandemic was, was tough for us. You know, we lost a lot of 
you know, individuals who just, you know, went back home. Um, you know, the district, the DMV here is full of talent, colleges, individuals, former pros coming back, and it would just mean a lot to us to get this win on Saturday. And we feel like we're prepared. We've, we've done the proper work. We're playing in a solid league. Shout out to APL. Um, and we think we have the strongest region for Region 1 in the country for amateur soccer. No, absolutely, and I really know that you're going to take this very seriously, and I know you're going to go out there and you're going to try and advance and through all the qualification games uh, and get to the Open Cup proper when we get to that first-round draw. Uh, Germantown City will be your opponents in the opening round of uh, Open Cup qualification. How big of an opponent are they, and uh, what are you going to expect from them in this uh, matchup? Yeah, you know, they're, they're a pacey club um, filled with a lot of individuals um, who are extremely talented. You know, I think what, you know, what we have to do when we get into the game, you know, I, I think, you know, just physically just calming down and, you know, sort of filling them out, you know, and most importantly, not making any clumsy decisions in the back. Um, we were pretty lucky this summer to get as far as we could in the summer league tournament and we did that by you know, mainly just holding the ball and keeping the ball. And, um, you know, we have some young kids on our own who are, who, are, who are decent. But we have some guys who have been with the club, you know, for the last decade. So, you know, the moment won't be too big, you know, but, you know, we don't want to get down to a team of this quality. And they've, they've done well for their own right as well. How how big and look I and believe me I know that there's quality players there's quality players all over the Maryland Virginia Washington DC area obviously you know there's been quality players for a long time even before DC United ever came into existence in Major League Soccer how big is it to tap into that resource to get players that you, you just snap your fingers and boom there they are Yeah you know it's it's interesting. I think when we broke into the league, there was only one solid league. And Baltimore has always had a long-standing league with the group, um, with Christos, who is arguably on any given day one of the best teams in the country. Um, you know, it, it can get a little bit tricky. Um, but I think in amateur soccer for us, and we've seen this, and I think Christos is a prime example, you have to have – you know, with the amount of games that all of us have the potential to play, you have to have a solid core of around 20 guys that you can call in. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, for this cup game, you know, you call people in who, you know, who can make a difference. And that's what it takes um, to advance in this cup. And honestly, you need a stroke of luck. Um, and we're not taking any team for granted. Um, and, you know, I think we've done a great job of building a roster of young and sort of experienced guys. Um, and we'll see what we're going to be made out of, you know, come Saturday. Yep, absolutely. Listen, Tim, I want to bring you back on for another time uh, somewhere down the road uh, to bring you back and to talk about Agen Hawks. I definitely want to keep in touch, touch with you in the future. So, you know, uh, next time I'll give you the full uh, 15 minutes so we can talk about Agen Hawks and what they mean to your area. So listen, thank you again for coming on on such a quick notice, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you very much as well. Tim Finkla uh, from the Hawks joining me. Uh, Thank you very much, Tim, for doing that. And now we're going to move on with the show. And joining me right now, this gentleman is the head coach 
of probably one of the top amateur sides in the state of Colorado. Uh, he is the head coach of the Colorado Rovers, and this is Mr. Eric French joining me. Eric, good evening, and welcome to the show. Good evening. Thank you for joining me tonight, and uh, how's it going over there? Uh, I'm assuming uh, the club is around the Denver area, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, we're a Denver club. Uh, we train and, and play a lot of our games in Golden, which is just outside Denver, but we are thought of as a Denver club, absolutely. Ah, my cousin lives in Golden, so uh, now I know you're not too far away from her. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, you know, the most interesting thing that I think about Colorado clubs is, you know, the uh, the players that are just – really hungry to go out and to prove it's not just the Northeast that has great players. It's not just the Southeast or in the central Midwestern areas, but in Denver, or at least in the state of Colorado, you have every right to claim you have just amount of good players, just like everywhere along the country. And it shows well, I appreciate that. It is definitely a challenge in Colorado sometimes because we're essentially slight landlocked. It's not like we can drive an hour to get to another major city to play games against other competitions. So anytime we have to go somewhere, we're getting on a plane. And it uh, definitely affects the, the level of preparation that we have to do for, for individual competitions. No, absolutely. And the one thing I've noticed about Colorado Rovers is this. I have found it interesting, and I really think it, it, it's a test to what you have done for the program and what the club has done, that you have performed in, I would believe it's nine to ten consecutive qualification cycles to get to the Open Cup. I mean, to be in it every single year to qualify for this tournament, to me that shows the commitment that this club has that wants to be a part of the Open Cup journey yeah it's really about you know building our culture and having a place where guys want to play and want to excel and and want to put out that effort and you know not every open cup goes as well as as one say before it or after it but but the effort and the and the the commitment level from the players is always there it's always great to see and uh you know it just makes it a lot of fun and, and something that we look forward to every year no, absolutely, and it's been wonderful. Uh, for those of us that are not familiar with the league, or at least the amateur league that the Rovers are involved with, um, how difficult is that league? How competitive is that league? And how many clubs are involved in that? The league has about 30 clubs, somewhere between 30 and clubs every year, 30 and 40 clubs, I should say. Uh, but that's in different divisions. The top division has 10 teams and has set at that 10 teams for quite some time, for many years. And those 10 teams are usually the Open Cup qualifiers that come out of Colorado. So the league itself is very, very competitive on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, and just like any league, there's a, a top of the league and a bottom of the league and a consistency of, you know, what you can expect. And those teams that are maybe a little bit more organized and professional than the others, and that always plays out over time. But the league itself uh, has been around for 50 or 60 years under various different names, and so has really been a fantastic place for teams to develop. Yep. No, absolutely, and that's wonderful, and that's wonderful to hear to hear about uh, 
to see what uh, has been going on over there for so long. And in your mind, you know, this dedication to the tournament, you must have seen tons and tons of great moments. I mean, I don't want to know if you've gone back to when the Colorado Rapids was in the 1999 final, and I don't want to bring back bad, bad memories against Rochester <laughs> Raging Rhinos or anything like that. But, I mean, you know, to see the Rapids, you know, back then when they were fighting for that Open Cup trophy against a uh, lower division side, you know, how proud of that moment did you feel uh, watching it? And, you know, do you have the same aspirations to try to make this run uh, or a run like what Sacramento Republic just did uh, about maybe almost a week ago? Well, I'll tell you, some of these, some of these stories, some of these clubs coming and, and stepping up and just over, over excelling in, in, in what you would expect from them, it's, it's a Cinderella story. And, you know, of course, in the back of your mind, you have that romanticism that you'd love to make that run and love to see, you know, can, can we get past the switchbacks to get to the Rapids? Because no one's ever done it before. So, you know, it's really a, 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 a motivating factor that we'd really love to see happen. But on the other hand, it is phenomenally challenging. And so, you know, the, the level of commitment and maybe luck in that run is uh, super uncommon. And so my hat's off to these different clubs, you know, in different states that are able to make those runs. Uh, they're amazing. They're truly phenomenal. So, you know, for those guys to make that run is, you know, just amazing. So I appreciate it. Now, if I... No, absolutely. I apologize if I interrupted. I didn't mean to. Uh, if I can ask no, you, I mean, obviously, Denver FC, Harpo's, um, your opponent, of course, and we'll get to them a little bit later, but, you know, Azteca FC. I mean, some of the re- – I, I would like to think maybe uh, some of the more challenging clubs that are always fighting each other uh, to get those open cup spots, as you know, going through these qualification rounds and having their – time in the sun to actually compete in the open cup proper you know how difficult have they been or have you ever faced them at all through qualification or through league play we face them all the time in league play and qualification and in local tournaments because those four clubs are the top of soccer in colorado so we always know exactly what we're going to get when we face them and everybody steps up and says hey look we're playing harpos this is what we've got to do and we have a couple other clubs that are coming up that are learning that uh, amount of competition that are maybe are going to be talked about in the future. But for now, those four clubs that you've mentioned, that is definitely the top of Colorado soccer. Wow. That is amazing. That is just absolutely amazing to hear all this wonderful and fun stuff. I got to tell you, um, it's just really, really exciting. And it's just really fun to hear uh, all these things. I mean, my past guests, of course, were talking about, like in Kensington, Pennsylvania, uh, how difficult it is in the Eastern, the Eastern Soccer League is, you know, the Cosmopolitan League in New York, uh, Garden State Soccer League, you know, everyone's fighting for every inch of pitch just to get that goal or just to prevent that goal from happening, and it's just, just wonderful to hear. Going back to your club, though, uh, what type of style does the Rovers like to implement? Do you like to press? Do you like to sit back and counter? Uh, they're a diamond formation in the midfield. What makes the Rovers so unique that your style of play and your tactics are better than the other oppositions that you normally face? 
Well, I think that, that we always have to play to our strengths. So whatever formation we're going to come out with is according to whatever players we have in that moment. Um, but a diamond formation in the midfield is really likely. Uh, we're going to uh, press opportunistically. If, there, if there's a spot where we feel there's a trigger that we can um, have an advantage by it, yeah, we will press. Uh, we're not going to set our line of contention and, and burn ourselves out in the first few you know, 20 minutes of the game. We're going to sit back a little bit and watch and see what they do. We know them pretty well, Azteca, and so you know, we're, going to, we're going to play our game, and we, we kind of understand what they do and what their style is, and we've developed some ideas on how to counter that. And so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to give everything away. Yep. No, I don't want you to give it all away, but at least I want everyone to know that, you know, this is what you're, this is who you're going to face. You know, a, yeah. a, a tough, hard-nosed club that is definitely coming for you, and they're going to take that spot away. You're going to take their spot away and move on to the next round because that's what I want to see. That's what I want to – and hopefully uh, uh, we'll be able to uh, – if your match will be streamed, hopefully we can watch your qualification match going on this weekend moving forward here, obviously, and going – who are some of the top players that you've had? And, and at the same time, has the Rapids uh, – like a scout has come to your matches to – see, you know, which one of your players uh, might be on the trajectory to the next level? We generally don't get scouts from the Rapids level because if you are that high of a player, they already know who you are. You, you are you're known. There's, it's very rare for a player to come up from Rovers level to get up to Rapids level. But switchbacks are a lot more po- uh, possible. So we have definitely had multiple players that have gone back and forth there, um, players that have played for the switchbacks and come and played for us and, and, and back again. And I think that, that of that top four teams, all of us have those stories in our history. Um, and then we are always recruiting for those ex-MLS players and those people that maybe their career ended at 26, 27, 28, but they still got something in the tank and they still have that fire. You know, those are definitely the players that we really want. Uh, to come in and, and be leaders in our team and really uh, maybe make an impact. And, you know, we're always looking for that opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, if I can just ask as uh, you know, your first round opponent um, will be Azteca FC, obviously a, uh, a Mexican feel uh, to this club, but uh, you know them very well. For those of us that don't know them very well, how difficult of an opponent are they? What are you expecting from them? And what do you hope to counter what they're going to throw at you? You can expect them to be extremely technical and agile and well-coached. And you can expect them to make very few mistakes and be extremely organized and have a game plan in mind of exactly what they want to do because we both know each other so well. So my expectation then is that they're going to come out with something and maybe make a small change. We're going to make a small change, and then we're all going to adapt as we go through the game. But, as, you know, as far as I can tell, are they going to bring somebody maybe that I haven't seen before? Sure, but so am I, and that's, that's the nature of this competition. One of the things I love about Open Cup the most is that this is my team that I play with every single week. I'm not bringing in players from other clubs or not or other places or whatever it is and adding them to my roster. These are the guys, when you see me last Sunday, that's my team. And you see me next Sunday, that's my team. And that, I think, 
enables us to have a level of consistency that while we might be more predictable to Azteca, it also means that we have an element of comfort together. And so, you know, those two things offset each other. I bet your players run through a brick wall for you. My God, that sounded great. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that we, our culture, like I said at the beginning, is the most important thing. We have people that want to work for each other. Oh, they really, really do. And I got to tell you, Eric, um, just hearing you talking about that, I mean, to me, this is the ultimate chess match right now. Uh, it's not done with rooks or kings or uh, horses or queens or bishops. No, it's going to be done with soccer balls, and it's going to be done with who makes the best substitutions in the second half. Oh, my God, I just got pumped right now. You really made my night. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, you really made my night. That was awesome. If I, can, if I still had something left in the tank, I'll come to Colorado myself. That was brilliant. I got to tell you, that was cool. That was awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Come on out. Love to meet you. Absolutely. I'll give you the heads up. Don't worry about that. Uh, so, you know, once again, it's going to be this weekend. It's going to be the Rovers. It'll be the Aztecs uh, facing off against each other, getting ready for that second round in uh, October. But first things first, you got to play this weekend in September. So this is going to be a lot of fun, Eric. And I know I cannot wait. Hopefully it'll be streamed and uh, we can catch you and your, and your side against Azteca FC, and this should be a fun one. Thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. I do appreciate you coming on tonight's show, and good luck in the Open Cup, and good luck in your league season this year. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And once again, that's Eric French, head coach of, good night, uh, head coach of Rovers, F, Colorado Rovers FC. It is just absolutely, oh, my God. It was just absolutely wonderful to hear this head coach really, really get into it. And, my God, you can tell he's been through the wars. He's been through the trenches on the pitch in the technical area. This, my friends, is what you want to hear from your manager, from your head coach, when he's getting your side ready for battle in the very, very important cup game. And my God, it's going to be awesome. My next guest right now, coming all the way from Southern California, at least from the California area of uh, the United States. This is Mr. Pete Martin, as he represents Trojan FC. Pete, good evening, and how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. So Trojans uh, FC, now I want to make sure I can understand this. It's just a club that's coming from people who work for USC that became a club, or it's just a club that was formed in the, the California area? Yeah, so we have a pretty unique history in terms of a lot of the other teams competing in amateur soccer and in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, so we actually were founded in 2017 by two um, current or former USC students, Milad and Jonathan, who um, you know had a vision for filling the void left by no Division One soccer or any NCAA soccer of any sort um, at USC on campus. Um, so the team's fully comprised of 
USC students, and we are a registered student org officially with the University of Southern California, as well as a nonprofit in Southern California. And um, yeah, we were formed with the vision of providing a platform for these players that come to school at USC and don't quite have anywhere to play. Um, so a bit, bit unique to some of the other teams that we're going to go up against in this competition, but uh, really proud of our history and uh, hope to stick to that vision going forward. Absolutely. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but BYU had a uh, PDL team, or now it's called USL League 2, uh, that was not registered uh, for uh, college soccer, but they were able to perform and qualify for the U.S. Open Cup, the BYU Cougars. Um, were you aware of this? And was this those two gentlemen that you're talking about, they followed suit with BYU, or they just wanted to bring in uh, this club to be a part of uh, qualification? I have to assume they were aware of that model, given the extensive research they did about um, uh, getting us into the Open Cup and, and our qualification in the first place back in uh, 2017 or 2018, I believe, was our, our first year in the tournament. Um, I... I was not aware of the BYU connection. However, that's that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool history in the Open Cup. Uh, I think um, we're joined by one other um, college team this year in the form of UC Davis's men's club team uh, is also competing. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And that's going to be very, uh, very interesting to see uh, the college teams, uh, or at least the students of, of a college team performing in the Open Cup. This is going to be exciting. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And I think there's been, um, just to stick with the uh, college uh, theme here, uh, you know, sure. there has been conversations by many people that maybe the NCAA should be involved with Open Cup qualification, or at least. Uh, uh, having a uh, a path to being an Open Cup proper, uh, do you think maybe that should be the next round? Uh, or do you feel that maybe college soccer needs to make a move into having a full season of matches instead of the typical fall year? Yeah, so my my own personal opinion, I actually played I'm – a, I'm a graduate student currently at USC. I actually played Division three college soccer at University of Rochester. Um, and I think the, the full season would be really beneficial for those college programs. I'm not sure the Open Cup is necessarily the right route, just given the uh, varying levels of degrees between Division One, Division Three, et cetera. Um, and uh, I think it's important to keep college soccer structured the way it is in terms of the NCAA. What we're offering here at Trojans is a, a totally unique pathway um, for some students to play a great level brand in the UPSL as well as the U.S. Open Cup and uh, get a quality education here at USC um, and fill that void that um, that NCA hasn't offered us here. Um, so I think there's, there's some other schools across the nation that might be in similar situations. I think um, that this is a great avenue for, for us to participate and one that we really enjoy. And, um, yeah, we hope we hope this brand maybe catches on, but I'm not so sure NCAA is uh, necessarily the right route for the Open Cup to go. But that's just my own personal opinion. Nope. 
No, that's fine. But just out of curiosity, for my sake, of course, um, the NCAA would have no say in what your club will do in Open Cup qualification. Oh, that is correct. We're we're totally unaffiliated with the NCAA. Okay, good. Just want to make sure about that. Uh, so moving forward here, obviously, um, what? Who is your manager or head coach? Is it the, the student uh, coaching staff, or do you have a former professional player as your head coach running uh, tactics and drills and uh, training? I mean, how is that set up for you? Yeah, so we actually um, did have a uh, student coach up until this past year. His name was Sanjay. He was um, – instrumental in, in getting us off the ground and really driving our, our program forward. Um, upon his graduation last year, we hired a former professional um, and current uh, director of coaching at um, Los Angeles Soccer Club uh, named Brian Waltrip. And he's brought over his uh, a significant portion of his staff over at LASC and has offered a um, unique pathway for us to um, – offer some of those LASC players to train with us and um, participate in some games here and there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Brian and his staff have been really instrumental in, in, in driving our program to the next level over the last year and um, have really offered us some top, top quality coaching that's allowed us to even attract some better players into the team um, from, from USC. And, um, yeah, really a, a great – great um person to push our program forward no absolutely and that's wonderful to hear that you have a connection with lafc and that's a great thing to see happen with the your student club here moving forward uh what type of style has brian implemented for you are you a pressing team do you sit back and counter uh you know what's your formation do you have a diamond midfield i mean what makes trojans fc a difficult club to face against in the UPSL? Yeah, I think um, our youth certainly gives us a a strong advantage over some of the amateur teams. I mean, I think um, a lot of our players are at a level that um, maybe some amateur players aren't at this point in time. Now, the the quality of competition in the U.S. Open Cup is uh, a bit of a different story there. Um, but in terms of the everyday UPSL amateur team, we have a lot of um, a lot of our opponents that are maybe in their mid twenties, um, maybe you know working full time jobs and uh, and playing three or four days a week. But um, our ability to to focus more strongly on um, creating a team atmosphere, creating that that atmosphere off the field as well. Um, a lot of our guys live together and, um, you know, spend time a ton of quality time around campus together. Um, just the team camaraderie around um, the, the program we've created over the last few years. And since I've been involved over the last year, uh, really sets us apart a little bit. And I think we're starting to see some dividends from that in our play over the last few weeks and uh, hopefully into the start of the season. If I can ask you this, uh, this past Open Cup that just ended almost a week ago, what did that run by Sacramento Republic do for you and for the players of this club that now you want to 
probably start your own push through the qualification rounds to begin this upcoming weekend. Sure. Yeah, it's a- absolutely an incredible story. Um, just short of uh, of a, a real, real incredible feat, um, and offers us um, a pathway, right? I mean, I think we all got together and watched the final uh, as a group, and it was pretty cool to see um, a lower league team up there against Orlando City. Um, and I think, you know, we we were fortunate enough to win our first round qualifying game. Um, back in 2019, um, we, we try to take every game one match at a time, right? Uh, we obviously have a very strong opponent in the first round. Um, but looking forward, you, you see a clear pathway that, yeah, it is, it is possible to play against a professional opponent, and it is possible to get to that stage. I mean, last year um, we dropped our first round matchup 2-1, and our opponents went on to uh, make a pretty deep run themselves. So um, there, there's plenty of lessons to be taken away from from a lot of the competition here in Southern California. It really, really is, and this should be a real fun time uh, going into these qualification rounds for your club. And I hopefully the match will be streamed. So. Everyone can take a look and see what's going to happen. Now let's talk about your opponents in Orange County FC, who were once in the uh, uh, National Premier Soccer League. Now they're down with you at the uh, UPSL. They are going to be uh, managed by a former World Cup player, a former U.S. Men's National Team player, and a uh, soccer Hall of Famer in Paul Caligiuri. And so uh, what's that going to mean to you, either already playing them in league play and or now in Open Cup qualification to be taking on a team that will be having a Hall of Famer and a uh, uh, a legend in Paul Caligiuri? Yeah, so I was a bit too young to experience uh, Paul's shot heard around the world um, in person, but uh, the legend of that shot and his uh, incredibly successful career um, is something really cool for us. I think, um, you know, you try to not get caught up in the limelight of uh, a former men's national team player um, being on the opposing sideline to you, but it it is a pretty unique experience. And I think um, what he's done at OCFC is, is really impressive, obviously just coming off the backs of a national championship win for them. Um, we're we're really excited to face a top top level opponent in OCFC, and um, really looking forward to the game. It's certainly given us um, a lot of preparation, and um, yeah, we're excited for the challenge. Yep, and it's going to be a fun one. I know it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen. I know uh, hopefully uh, I'll be able to watch it if I can. I would love to see uh, what your guys are going to be doing out there this weekend, and it should be a lot of fun. So all I can say here, Pete, is that uh, I wish you guys good luck uh, on the weekend. Uh, Hopefully you'll get that favorable victory and result. And, uh, you know, this is not going to be an easy one. You know, Paul's pretty good with the tactics. So maybe you should get a group picture when you're done with the match. Yeah, absolutely. A handshake at the very least. <laughs> at the very least. Get an autograph. Go ahead. He's a nice guy. I've <laughs> talked to him many times. But anyway, 
thank you again for coming on tonight and representing Trojan SC. Uh, good luck with the club and good luck with everything going on for the weekend. And uh, hopefully you'll move on to the second round. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you having me. Thank, thank you. Pete Martin, Trojans SC, UPSL side, as they advance. Uh, hopefully they'll advance into the next round of uh, Open Cup qualifying. And uh, right now, this weekend, it will be a tough one as they're going to take on uh, Orange County FC uh, on the weekend. So we'll see what's going to happen there. My uh, last guest for tonight uh, couldn't come join me live. So I have him uh, in a recorded interview. This is Mr. David Gable from Lancaster City FC. Save the best for last. As uh, he, uh, I interviewed him today to talk about Lancaster City FC being in the Open Cup as well. And here he is in the recorded interview right now. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the American Soccer Show. Daniel Feuerstein here to talk about U.S. Open Cup qualification for the 2023 edition. And joining me right now is the gentleman whose side will be entering the first round of qualification for the U.S. Open Cup in 2023. This is David Gable from Lancaster City FC. David, good evening, and how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Tonight? Doing very well tonight, David. Everything is going very, very well. I have to say, David, this is a very exciting time over in Lancaster, especially in central Pennsylvania. We always talk about Pittsburgh. We always talk about uh, Philadelphia and the neighboring towns around the two big cities in the state of Pennsylvania, but... You know, Hershey, Harrisburg, Lancaster, it has a good solid amount of amateur size. I mean, for goodness sakes, Christian Pulisic is from the area. I mean, everything that goes on over there, it must be wonderful to talk about soccer in central Pennsylvania. Absolutely. You know, we uh, we have been trying to get this program off the ground. I think this is uh, year eight for us. Um, I know this is our third time in the Open Cup. Um, it's kind of weird, actually. We're playing the other Lancaster team in the first draw. You know, this is their second year. Uh, they're coached by one of my really good friends, and we've been kind of talking back and forth for a while. We actually went out and got a trophy made for it, calling it the Red Rose Rivalry, since we're the Red Rose City. Um, so we're going to kind of pass it back and forth each year, because we know you know, we're pretty much going to play each other in the first round every year because we're the two amateur sides in Lancaster. So we're going to make it a little bit fun and, you know, hopefully come out with a good result. You know, I've heard a lot of good things about Lancaster as a big soccer town. Uh, the former USL side, Harrisburg City Islanders, I know Brian Kaiser, he was the public address announcer for the City Islanders back in the day. And I remember my trips fondly to Harrisburg for Open Cup matches. What is it about Lancaster that is so soccer crazy that everyone is up for any game going on, whether it be your side, the other Lancaster side, or even maybe high school or even college? Sure. You know, I think it's just a really good part of the state. You know, we we get lucky because we're close enough to Baltimore that you get some D.C. fans. We're close enough to Philly that obviously we have a bunch of Union fans. And then, Lancaster kind of is a melting pot. You know, we have a uh, we have an Irish bar downtown, and those guys are all straight from Ireland. So they're so accommodating and open up for us whenever we want to watch EPL games at 
7.30 in the morning or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think it's just a really good, broad, cultural town, and it's been growing exponentially every year. So, No, it's, it's wonderful, and it's also great to hear about these towns that are soccer crazy. They love the sport. They support the game in the United States. They watch wherever they're able to watch it, either at the bar or now, of course, the whole streaming situation and everything. Uh, the league that you play in, what it, what's so special about uh, Lancaster, both sides, if possible, you know, being in your uh, amateur league and how strong is it in, Pen- in uh, Pennsylvania? Sure. So the team we're playing is in a different league than us, which is why it's kind of special to play them because we don't normally get to do it. Um, as far as our league goes, I mean, we have Westchester in our league who just won the Amateur National Cup. So um, they had four guys drafted in the MLS draft, I believe, over the last two years. So it, it is very, very high-quality soccer. Um, the thing with us is we're not allowed to have college kids, so we have that gap where we try to get them either right before they go to college or when they've just come back because you can't be on a college roster and play for us. Um, but I mean, it's, at the league as a whole has been around since the early 1900s. I mean, we go to some of these clubs on the road and they have trophies back from the 1930s and 1940s and, you know, the, you sit in their clubhouses and listen to their old timers talk about, you know, the games they played back in the 70s against each other and you know, us being relatively new, only eight years into the league, it's kind of a cool experience sometimes just to go sit in their clubhouses and talk and listen to the history. Do you get to play any other sides? I mean, obviously, like I said, Hershey, I mean, besides the chocolate, (laughs) Hershey's a very big town uh, for minor league sports, amateur sports. Like I said, even Harrisburg now with Penn FC that's been there for probably good five, seven years uh, now that's been called Penn FC. You know, how are these other oppositions when you face them in these amateur leagues? So, for the most part, we just play our league, um, except for the Open Cup or the Amateur Cup. Um, We do scrimmage. We scrimmage the Allentown team uh, twice last year, and we ended up beating them both times. Uh, We did beat the new Harrisburg United team. Uh, I believe they're called United FC. We beat them in a, in a scrimmage this preseason. Um, but as far as in-league play or in cups, you know, it's, it's basically just the Open Cup. And then on our side, it's the State Cup. But the State Cup is run just through our league. So unless we win our, our league part of it, we never really get to play any of the other teams. Right. Well, well, we'll see what happens now because you're going to have a big moment here with the other Lancaster right. team, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, when you are playing, or if you're managing this side, I mean, what's the strength of Lancaster City? You know, are you a pressing team? Do you sit back? Do you counter? What's your formation? What what type of style fits your side when you're facing against your opponents? Absolutely. So we generally sit in a 4-2-3-1. Um, we love to high press and get after teams. Um, our home field is the biggest field in the in the league. It's well above regulation, so we use our width really well. Um, I would say our biggest strength, honestly, is familiarity. I have seven guys from uh, the Millersville College, which is here in Lancaster, that they won the national title. So. They've been friends forever. Those guys have been playing together for a very, very long time, which makes my job a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, tactically, we 
we like to be on the front foot and go out and press people and, um, you know, keep the ball, you know, when we have it and not force it. But, uh, you know, it, it just depends because, like I said, we play on turf. So we have to be adaptable when we go to some of the grass fields in the Philly area, which, you know, may not be the best for, you know, amateur soccer. They might have a few bumps and divots. So, um, you know, you have to learn to play long sometimes or, you know, play more direct, which I think is kind of the beauty of amateur soccer where you can't just play one style all the time because you're not always on perfect pitches. No, absolutely, and you got to make sure that everyone's all fit and ready to go. Um, when you watch past Open Cup tournaments, I mean, you know, we've always talked about, well, you know, in most recent years, what Christos FC has done over in Maryland and the run they had, and they nearly, I mean, definitely, they nearly found a way to upset DC United, and they took a 1-1 draw after the opening half, deep into second half, of regulation until, of course, DC scored three big goals. But still, though, is is that the hope of putting Lancaster City on the map when you get to Open Cup uh, moments like that? Absolutely. I mean, so this is our third time in the Open Cup. Um, we have yet to win a first-round game, and we feel very, very confident that we can win uh, on Sunday. And then from there, unfortunately, regionally, we do get matched up with Westchester, which obviously is a powerhouse, so that would be a much tougher game, but absolutely that's the dream. You know, me and my me and my center back, who are actually really good friends, we were sitting at the Union game the other day just talking about how cool it would be if we could, you know, win four or five games and end up playing there and, you know, playing one of them. Um, I think that would be a really cool thing, and, you know, either way, somebody from the Lancaster area is going to advance to the next round, whether it's us or it's Elite, so I think that definitely helps get the word out about Lancaster soccer. No, it definitely does. It really does. Uh, have any of your players at the moment, whether you do recruit them or not, before they go to college or when they come back from college seasons, you know, have they been scouted by the Pittsburgh River Hounds? Does the union scout your players? Have you had any players move on to the professional levels? On our side, no. Um, I did just bring in a player who was playing professional indoor for the past four or five years. Um, he's from the area here, and now he's back. He was playing for the Harrisburg Heat, and he was playing for uh, the, the uh, St. Louis Ambush. Uh, most of our guys get a look right out of college. Um, I had a three-year All-American from Millersville that got a few looks, but then, you know, just Millersville's a D2 school, so they kind of, you know, they're either too small or, you know, whatever it is. Um, those type of guys typically end up a league above us. Um, they end up with, like, Reading United, or uh, they go over and play Westchester's NPSL team. So the, the USLPA is, is a good stepping stone, but for any of those guys, they're definitely normally a league above us. Have you had scrimmages against Reading? Because I know Reading's been a damn good team uh, in USL League 2. Uh, we did scrimmage them, I believe, their first year. It was either their first or their second year. We did scrimmage them, yeah. And they, they beat us. I think it was a two-to-one game, two-to-nothing game. Uh, but, yeah, they're definitely good. No, they really are. And I know, you know, that team always aims to try and qualify for the Open Cup. Unfortunately, ever since they've... U.S. Soccer's changed how, uh, you know, the Open Cup is uh, starting a little more earlier than normal. I know that they've been disappointed that they can't 
joined the Open Cup uh, around that time, but we'll have to wait and see what that situation will be. And you'll never know. It might change again. We'll see what happens. But, you know, Reading's always been one of those top teams in the uh, uh, under-23 runs for those sides. But anyway, um, as you said, you're taking on Lancaster Elite in the opening round of the Open Cup. This will be a Lancaster Derby uh, moving forward. What is it about Lancaster Elite that you've seen or at least you've uh, caught your eye from your buddy uh, that they've done so well? And What do you have to watch out for when you're facing a club like that? Sure. So, I mean, the, the first thing that jumps off the page to me is I know their star player, uh, Andrea. He was, you know, Manheim Township's all-time leading goal scorer. He was the leading goal scorer in the nation as a freshman when he was at Lockhaven uh, two years ago. He actually played for me the uh, COVID summer when college uh, soccer shut down. So uh, definitely taking him out of the game is going to be the, uh, the, the the number one thing that my midfield is going to have to do. Um, you know, I know that they are a U-20 team this year. They kind of redid their whole roster. So they are U-20 and Andrea. So I think that we have the advantage of, because we've played together, you know, this my team that I have, the, the eight team that I'm going to field, I'm going to say 12 to 13 of them have been with us now for five or six years, and most of those guys played in college together. So um, familiarity, I also know that, you know, they're going to be fit. They're going to be young and fit, and we're going to have to manage that a little bit because we're used to our unlimited subs in, uh, in our league versus coming into the, the five subs and three windows. So. Yeah. What, that's, that's been what we've been talking about. Yep, no, absolutely. Let me just get your opinion on that, if you don't mind. Ever since FIFA changed the substitutions rule from three to five, do you think that's been a help or a hindrance uh, to the game? I, I don't mind the five subs. I like five subs. I just wish the windows weren't a thing. Um, from the coaching perspective, I think that, you know, hampers you if you have an injury very early on, you lose a window. Um, I do like that they said halftime doesn't count at the window, so I can make a sub there and it doesn't count. I think it, it really helps the bigger teams and the deeper teams um, who, you know, have guys who can come off the bench and start for any other team in the league, you know. Um, when you're a, a smaller side and you might not have the bench depth, that, that definitely can play a big factor. No, absolutely, and I understand that concern, but we'll see what happens moving forward, obviously. But good luck in the opening round against Lancaster Elite, and we'll uh, hope to see what the scoreline will be after the weekend. Good luck, and uh, once again, it should be a fun one against the other opposition. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thank you. And that was uh, David Gable from Lancaster City FC talking about his side going for the Open Cup, taking on Lancaster Elite. It'll be a Lancaster Derby in central Pennsylvania. It should be a fun one. We'll have to wait and see what will happen there. Um, quickly now, time for the New York Red Bulls uh, review here from their victory over the New England Revolution on the weekend, as it is a 2-1 victory over the Revolution by the Red Bulls. Um, after giving up the first goal of the match, Tommy McNamara right down Broadway, making it 1-0. How about Elise Manuel, as he was able to work well with Christian Casares Jr. on a bit of a give-and-go, and Casares running in, and a half volley beats the goalie, Petrovic, to make it 1-1. 
Um, wonderful to see that happen. Wonderful to see that action uh, coming. Christian Cassius Jr. has been a fun player to watch and develop and just becoming a strong player uh, within his own right, either as a defensive mid as a six or even as an attacking mid as a seven or an eight, depending on where he is. He has just been extremely wonderful going out there and converting chances whenever he gets the opportunity. Of course, he's part of the Venezuelan national team. So, you know, that's an added bonus by the Red Bulls when they brought him over and he was able to go out and uh, play at a high level. And here he is with MLS. Uh, People want to clubs, I should say, across the nation or across the world, I should say, uh, wanting to transfer him out during the summer window. Red Bulls said no. Do not know if he'll be uh, moved in the winter window or the Red Bulls will not move him at all. Guess they're waiting for the right fee on the transfer to make that move for Christian Caceres Jr. But I will say this. He has really improved his play. He has been sensational, either as an attacking midfield or defensive midfield. He can go back and forth. He's just been incredible, and it's wonderful. And with all the guff that VAR has been having in the Premier League in England, and even in some of these matches in Europe with the Europa League, UEFA Champions League, I just think in England they're just too technical. They're just overly technical with VAR. And that's why you're getting all these terrible calls. VAR here has been brilliant. It's been used properly. It's been used properly in Germany. It's been properly used in Italy. As far as what I have seen, I don't know about anywhere else in Europe, but VAR has really been a solid tool. And even though Lukinias, unfortunately, his goal was wiped out because the ball did hit him in the hand when he was trying to score. And that was a handball and that at the time, the go-ahead goal was wiped out, unfortunately. Still, seeing Lewis Morgan getting pulled from the back of his jersey and pulled down into the area, no call by the referee, by Chilowitz. And Lewis Morgan, politically and calmly arguing, saying, look, I got pulled from behind. He grabbed the back of my shirt and he yanked me down inside the area. That's a penalty at least. And even though Chilowitz did not see it originally, VAR called him and said, no, I think you got to look at this because what Lewis Morgan said to you is correct. He was fouled in the area. And when Chilowitz went to the monitor saw what he saw and what VAR saw, made the screen uh, move, pointed to the spot, and Lewis Morgan coolly and calmly buries that ball into the back of the net, caught slow, uh, excuse me, caught Petrovic knee-buckling, buried it, his 14th of the season, to make it 2-1 Red Bulls, and they finished it off with a flourish. Points, third place in the East, four points clear of New York City FC, and now is a result of the way either tomorrow night, Tuesday night, depending on what happens with Columbus, and if not Tuesday night, 
getting the win at Yankee Stadium against struggling New York City FC. This is a big moment for the Red Bulls to clinch that playoff spot, to be consistently strong, consistently good, and hopefully stay in third to host a playoff game. That's what you want. That's what you want to see as a Red Bull supporter. This should be exciting. This should be a lot of fun. I personally cannot wait to see what's going to happen. So we're going to have some fun here on the weekend. And then we go to the international break, and we shall await the roster for these two final friendlies for the national team before they make the move to go to Qatar for the World Cup. So we'll see what happens, and hopefully it'll be a good one. And we'll see what this red, this uh, national team will do in Qatar for the World Cup, and uh, hopefully with the Red Bulls after next Saturday, with two matches remaining, they can do to remain in that home playoff spot and stay in third place. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a great show tonight. I want to thank my guests tonight, Pat Murphy, New Logical Tech. I also want to thank uh, Jim Breslin from Kensington FC. I also want to thank Christopher Cars from SC Vistula Garfield. I want to thank Tim Finkler uh, from Agen Hawks. Eric French from Colorado Rovers, Pete Martin from Trojans SC, and David Gable from Lancaster City FC. My name's Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for coming on and listening to me tonight. As always, please enjoy your football. Have a good evening. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now. Take care. Have a good night. So long, everybody.